Okay, well, I think uh, you, let's turn to God's Word. Just now we're going to look at, at John uh, 15. And uh, you'll probably recognize that from, uh, from last week. Craig kindly uh, let me uh, the, the PowerPoint presentation, so I've just got the same template uh, there. Well, Craig very, very helpfully took you through uh, the first 11 verses of John 15. Uh, but we're going to be looking at the, the middle section this morning from verses 12 uh, down to verse 17. Uh, so let's read that together. I'm reading from the, the ESV. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Amen. Let's pray together again, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do acknowledge so much our need uh, for the help of the Holy Spirit as we consider these important words of the Lord Jesus together. And so may that uh, same Spirit that inspired these words come and bring their truth to each one of our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, as I was saying, uh, I, was, I was watching just through, through this week uh, the, the wonderful message that uh, Craig Dyer, my, my good friend and brother and fellow member at Greenview, dear me, you're, you're having a lot of Greenview folk coming. David Wiley is a very good friend of mine too. Um, so uh, David and Craig are two of the very finest preachers at Greenview. Um, so I hope you won't be uh, too disappointed uh, this morning. Well, uh, we heard in the news this week, uh, didn't we, uh, of the, the passing of, of one of the finest singers, uh, certainly songwriters uh, of uh, the past 60 years ago, uh, Bert Bacharach, uh, who passed away at the grand old age of 94. And uh, so many of his songs uh, have been played on the radio over this past week, uh, the, you know, This Guy's in Love and Do You Know the Way to San Jose, all, all these really famous songs that he, that he wrote, but one of them really gripped me uh, because I thought it was just so relevant for, for what we're going to be uh, thinking about together this morning. It's Jackie DeShannon's hit, uh, What the World Needs Now. Uh, love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. And of course, that is uh, the, the, the great message uh, of the gospel. People need uh, the love of the Lord Jesus. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son uh, that whoever believes in him uh, might not perish but have everlasting life and uh, Craig was speaking last week wasn't he uh, so helpfully uh, on the that vertical relationship uh, of how it is that we can know uh, the love of the Lord Jesus uh, and uh, increasingly as we abide uh, in his love uh, like branches in the vine and uh, the next two sections within John's gospel uh, speak uh, not, not so much of the, the vertical relationship with the Lord Jesus, but the, the horizontal relationship uh, that we have uh, one with another uh, and the importance uh, of love. Uh, but next week, uh, the, the, your preacher will be speaking about uh, the fact that, uh, that there's a, also there's another horizontal relationship, and that is with uh, the world outside, with, uh, with society uh, as a whole. Uh, and that is uh, a much more difficult and much more challenging relationship uh, because it's certainly not one of, uh, of love uh, from society's perspective. Uh, indeed, uh, as Christians, uh, we will be misunderstood, we will be rejected, uh, we will be hated uh, to a large extent uh, by those around, uh, around us. And the Lord Jesus says, not wanting to, speak, speak, uh, to uh, steal your preacher next uh, Sunday's thunder, uh, but... Uh, Jesus says, of course, don't be surprised if the world hates you. Uh, remember that it hated uh, me first. But before Jesus comes to speak about that, what he does here is uh, really is, is to prepare, in a, in a real sense, to prepare his disciples for that uh, and to help to realize that uh, there's not going to be any love for them out there in the world. And so it's very, very, very important uh, that uh, love marks uh, the life of the church, uh, their relationships with one another uh, as his disciples. And that's what we're going to be looking at uh, this morning. And thinking about it uh, just on a kind of wider scale, uh, Bert Bacharach's song was probably uh, referring to romantic love, and that is uh, a lovely and a wonderful thing. Uh, But obviously, uh, we all know uh, that uh, it's sometimes uh, not Uh, for everyone, that there are those who might um, want to have uh, found that special person and it has has never worked out or there can be uh, difficult or indeed sometimes broken marriages where romantic love has just uh, perished on the rocks, so to speak. But surely it is is friendship, true friendship, uh, that all of us uh, need at the deepest level and indeed all of us uh, can have first and foremost, with the Lord Jesus. But when we come into the fellowship of his church, well, surely uh, true Christian friendship uh, should be what we experience uh, every, uh, in every church and indeed uh, every time uh, we meet together. Our friendship obviously has to first and foremost be with the Lord Jesus, and that is uh, what uh, is mentioned here, but uh, as we think about uh, the, the, uh, the, the horizontal side of things as well, in terms of relationships uh, with one another, uh, surely that shows us that Jesus wants us to have the same true loving friendships with one another uh, that he has with us. Because he says that, doesn't he? He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I 
have loved you. And as I was preparing for this uh, message this morning, it was those words, as I have loved you, that I thought, really, we, we, we need to, to remember those words as we look through uh, from verses 13 through to 17 and to see how our love for one another, in a real sense, mirrors the way that Jesus has loved us. So let's ask ourselves then, what is true Christian friendship? Well, the first thing that we need to realize is that it is essential, not optional. The reason that we know it's essential is because Jesus commands it here. He says, this is my commandment. It's not a a piece of advice. It's not a suggestion. It is a command from the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the head of the church. And we need to take his commands very, very seriously. And it's not just commanded here, it's, it's repeated. Uh, not only, as I'm sure you were following in verse 17, he says it again there, but uh, a few weeks ago, you'll have come across it. Uh, it was uh, so interesting. I, I wonder if this might have been one of the, uh, um, the passages that uh, the, 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 the young lady who was sharing with the children earlier uh, was going to say, a new commandment. I'm not going to be singing it. You'll be, you'll be relieved to hear. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So the, the, the first time the Lord Jesus mentioned that in, in, in John 13, uh, he says that actually your love for one another is going to be one of the most important uh, methods of evangelism, uh, of actually witnessing to an outside world how they will make the connection that you really are Christians, that you really are my followers, Uh, that that I have made all the difference to your life is that you love one another. So, so uh, important, not only for uh, for a healthy uh, Christian living for ourselves and healthy churches, but indeed good biblical evangelism as well. Essential uh, that uh, Christians love one another. So, once we've, we've set that as, as, uh, as the kind of foundation that uh, this, this, this command to love is, is essential, it is not optional. None of us, if we are Christians, can opt out of it. Uh, we, we see next from what the Lord Jesus says that it is sacrificial, not superficial. I think one of the real curses of our own day and generation is superficiality everywhere, and in particular in human relationships. Uh, Everything just seems to be so on the surface. Uh, There's no depth uh, to relationships. There's no depth to uh, so much within our culture. Uh, And friendships and relationships often seem to be so transient and so superficial. But what the Lord Jesus says here is that each one of us uh, should have not only a servant-heartedness in terms of our relationships with one another, but we should be prepared Uh, in a sense, for the ultimate sacrifice to to lay down our lives uh, for one another. 
And uh, this is echoed. Uh, this, I think, really must have had such a, an impact on uh, the Apostle John as he was writing this, as he was recalling the words of the Lord Jesus, because and it, would be, it would be a good exercise to, uh, to read the whole of 1 John chapter 3, uh, maybe later on today, uh, because John very much builds upon the teaching of the Lord Jesus uh, in this uh, chapter in, in many ways. And in particular, this verse, uh, in verse 16, we read uh, in 1 John 3, By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And that was uh, very much what uh, the, uh, the Apostle John uh, was clearly struck by the teaching of the Lord Jesus and, and uh, led by the Holy Spirit uh, just to, to, to build upon that uh, in that first letter. And we can maybe ask ourselves, uh, is, is that how we uh, want to, to, to be loving towards one another, that we are prepared to lay down our eyes? What is that? Now, that's unlikely to mean actual physical death, although um, with the persecution that came uh, in the early church, uh, often that would be the case, that, that there were believers that, that actually laid down their lives uh, for uh, their, their brothers and sisters in Christ. But for us, it means that we uh, put aside our own interests, uh, that we sacrifice them, so to speak, in order that we devote our time in particular and our energies and our abilities uh, to serve one another. I think time in particular is, is crucially important because, uh, as Kenny was sharing just at the, in his opening prayer, uh, we all lead busy lives, don't we? Our lives are so full of so much activity. But do we take time uh, to, to make that phone call or even just to send that text message uh, or just, just taking time to keep in touch with folks, in particular maybe those who are uh, not able to come out to church anymore, perhaps those who, whose faith is perhaps going a little cold. Uh, are we checking up on them? Are we taking time uh, to show love and concern and kindness for them. That, that's part and parcel of what it means to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Laying aside our own interests, uh, what is uh, important for ourselves, uh, perhaps even um, just putting aside our selfish interests, hopefully, uh, uh, in order to spend time uh, ministering to and helping and showing care and compassion uh, to those within the fellowship uh, that need our time, that need our help, that need our kindness and compassion. So the next uh, thing that Jesus comes up to mention here, um, I was thinking, how, how do we apply this to ourselves in terms of um, as I have loved you? Because this is a little more difficult to, to look at this, but verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, obviously, that, that is a unique thing. Uh, that uh, the Lord Jesus is entitled to receive our obedience. Uh, none of the rest of us uh, can really uh, lay that claim uh, to even, even, dare I say it, within, uh, within marriage. And, and ultimately, even parents and children, it is a limited uh, obedience and respect uh, that parents are entitled uh, to expect from uh, their children. But of course, the command here is to love one another. Uh, so it, it, is, it is still very much 
You know, you're my friends if you do what I command you. So that, that is loving one another. But as we do that, what we're doing is we're showing our loyalty to the Lord Jesus. Uh, we're, we're taking what he's asked us to do. He says, you know, you, you, my, my church is going to be built, uh, and he's speaking to, his, uh, to the disciples that we're going to become the apostles and that the church is going to spread throughout the world. Uh, and he, he lays down this ground rule, which is that if they are truly going to be his friends, they're going to take seriously, in particular, this command uh, to love one another. And as a result of that, they're showing their loyalty, their allegiance to the Lord Jesus. But think of that word loyalty. Surely, loyalty is a very, very important quality in terms of friendship, that people will stick by you through not just the good times, but the hard times as well. That uh, we are, uh, it's wonderful to have friends that we can count on, that we we can rely on uh, to to be with us, to pray for us, to support us through uh, all sorts of difficulties. And often, Uh, comply with requests that we'll give to them for help. Part of Christian fellowship and friendship is not only reaching out to help, but often reaching out for help uh, and not just suffering in silence when actually there's help that can be given uh, by others. Uh, And that that, that is so important. And and as we are able to uh, rely often in times of difficulty on those uh, who will be faithful Christian friends to us. Uh, that quality of loyalty uh, is, is a, wonderful, a wonderful thing. But of course, there are times where uh, there will be people that we will know, sadly, even within our churches, within our Christian circles, where it's a much more casual friendship, uh, where as soon as, as there's any need, you can't see that individual for dust. Well, let's not be that kind of person ourselves that uh, just like the, uh, the, the good Samaritan that kind of walks, the, like the, the priest and the Levite that, that walk on the other side that don't want to get involved. Uh, this is something that, that uh, comes up time and time again in Scripture, doesn't it? The, the, the fact that uh, our natural inclination is just actually not to get involved and, and not to look after the needs of one another. It's seen most clearly, isn't it, in the, in the parable of the sheep and the goats, where the goats say, well, when was there an opportunity uh, to minister to Lord Jesus? Uh, When was it that uh, you were sick? When was it that you were in prison? When was it uh, that you needed help? And of course, the Lord Jesus says, well, inasmuch as you did not do this to the least of these, my brethren, you did not do it to me. So it is is a deeply challenging subject, this, that we must not be casual uh, in our friendships with one another in the body of Christ, uh, but seek to be loyal, uh, seek to be servant-hearted, sacrificial. And that's because this next point, uh, which is that uh, our true Christian friendship is relational, not merely formal. This comes out in verse 15, where Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. And it's so important that we realize, first of all, that our relationship with the Lord Jesus is not primarily one uh, of master and servant, although clearly we do serve the Lord Jesus, 
but not in a master-servant relationship. And that was the problem that the elder son had uh, with, with his father, that he says, I've been slaving for you all these years. Uh, he, he didn't understand uh, the father-son relationship uh, that the father was clearly uh, longing for him to have. Uh, it was certainly simply seen as servitude, uh, which he really resented uh, because he, he wasn't getting what he expected out of it. So important for us to realize first and foremost that we serve the Lord Jesus not out of duty or obligation. Uh, We're we're not ultimately uh, servants to the master, but uh, as as he has called us, he is our friend, we are his friends. What a friend we have uh, in Jesus. I found a friend, oh, such a friend. And it is that relational uh, relationship, the aspect to our relationship, not only with the Lord Jesus, but also with one another. Because it can be so easy for us to, to look at a passage like this and say, yeah, I know what it says, I know that I need to, to love X, Y, and Z members, but really, they're pretty difficult, they're pretty awkward, they're maybe a bit short-tempered, they're maybe just not the easiest of people to get on with, but I'm just going to do it because it's my Christian duty. The Lord Jesus is saying, no, that, that's not the right attitude to have at all, because that's then purely a formal relationship. In the same way that uh, if we, those of us who work, uh, we, we work uh, for our employers, but it may just be a purely formal relationship that we have with them. Uh, we would never call our boss our friend. That's because he probably doesn't, he or she probably doesn't want to be friends with us and wants to keep that distance. Uh, well, that's exactly the opposite of, of what uh, there should be in terms of healthy relationships within Christ's church. Uh, there, they should be relational. We should be happy to spend time with each other, to hear one another's stories, uh, to take a real interest in uh, what uh, one another's lives are entailing. Because that surely is what uh, being relational means, that we, uh, the difference between being a servant and being uh, a friend and important as well just to say, well, I, I, we can often just think, can't we, I, I just don't feel any kind of affinity to member X in the church. I, I've, I don't feel that we've got a great deal in common. You know, I, I just don't, you know, I'm just not feeling it. We can often just say that, can't we? And, so, and, and we'll then say, well, love is, is really all about feelings. So if I don't feel any love towards such and such a member, well, that's me off the hook. Well, that's, that's the, the, the culture's twisted understanding of what love is, that it's purely about emotions, about some kind of emotional connection. But that's not what true Christian love is, because true Christian love is, uh, this isn't one of the ones that's up there, but uh, uh, I, I thought about putting it in, and I thought, well, too much of a, a good thing perhaps, but it's volitional rather than emotional primarily. Uh, I think it's John Stott that, that put it really well when he said that uh, true Christian love uh, is uh, not a victim of our emotions, but a servant of our wills. Uh, and that's, that, that's what is so important for us to remember, that we don't just say, well, because I, I don't feel particularly kind of connected with, with such and such an individual, that somehow I'm off the hook for loving them. Uh, not at all. Uh, we ought to have uh, that... Uh, We need to pray for the love of Christ to fill our hearts that we uh, would then be able to be loving in in, in a practical way 
uh, with, with others. So moving on to uh, what, what Jesus says next um, and trying to think how, how is this relevant? Uh, how can we apply this in terms of love one another as I have loved you? Where he says here, all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Well, surely that speaks very much of Christian friendship being supernatural in nature, not just like a natural friendship that two non-Christians that get on well with each other would have. There is a supernatural dimension to this because we, we, we ought to be speaking about the things of God, sharing uh, what God has taught us in our own, our own walk with him uh, with one another. Uh, I think that's what we're to take from that, where Jesus says, um, because you're my friends, I've shared with you uh, what uh, I've made known to you all that I've heard from the Father. And that shows that Christian friendship should truly be fellowship. Uh, I remember hearing at university, it was uh, Colm Sinclair, uh, who used to head up SU, and uh, he, he said to us that uh, so often he found that Christian students the people they were friends with were either people that they were friends with on, the, on their course or they liked the same kind of music or the same kind of sport interests or whatever. And he says, well, that's actually not fellowship at all. That's just, you know, like friendship in any sense that you find things that you've got in common and, and that's, that's an interest that you have. There's no fellowship uh, is truly realizing that um, what we have most in common is our love for the Lord Jesus, our love for his word, uh, our love for the things of God. And uh, I'm sure that you will know people uh, that are really close to you uh, because you share uh, that fellowship. And that's really something that we should all be sharing with one another. At whatever level uh, of Christian experience we are at, we should be speaking about our own walk with the Lord uh, with one another, sharing with one another uh, what we know of God, uh, what, what we've experienced of his grace, of his work in our lives. Uh, and that is what true fellowship, that's what true Christian friendship uh, is about. And probably the hardest one for me to, to try and apply, and I'm th I, I even began to think, well, does this actually follow from uh, love one another I as I have loved you, is, is verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide on. I'm just moving into the last point there. Well, clearly, the Lord Jesus uh, choosing of the apostles, that that was a particular uh, selection there for them to go out and, and to bring the gospel to the nations. Um, but uh, there's no question that uh, the, 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 the teaching of the New Testament uh, is that we as Christians, uh, ultimately, we did not uh, choose, although of course we did, uh, there was that point in our lives, if, 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 uh, if we have become Christians, where we did take that step of trusting Christ, uh, but it wasn't that he chose us on the basis of our decision, but rather uh, we decided because from before the foundation of the world, in a, in a mysterious way, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, chose us uh, for uh, salvation. Uh, being, being back uh, here in Hamilton Baptist, it was uh, speaking at an evening service a few uh, years ago, it reminds me so much uh, of my, my early days as a Christian, uh, I became a Christian through uh, the Queen's Park Praise Band. Those of you of a certain generation may well remember uh, that ministry there in the late 70s and the early 80s. 
And uh, when I came up to university, I went along to, to Queen's Park Baptist Church uh, just uh, in my, my first year or so as a, as a Christian. And I remember Ian Leach uh, very helpfully uh, explained uh, this, this uh, challenging and difficult uh, doctrine uh, of election. And he said that uh, uh, it, it is like a door, that over the door uh, it says on one side, uh, whoever will may come. Uh, but those who go through the door, when they turn around and they see written on the back of the door, chosen from before the foundation of the world. And I thought that was a really helpful way uh, of putting it. The gospel call goes out to all, uh, but those who come to faith realize uh, that uh, they have been chosen by, by God himself, even before the foundation of the world. So how is it that we can apply this to the command to love one another as uh, Christ has loved us? Well, this comes back to those within our congregations that perhaps we find most difficult to be friends with. Uh, those that perhaps there's some history between us, maybe some difficulty, a strained relationship. Uh, we may think this even in terms of uh, Christians within our families as well. But if we think that what Jesus did was there was nothing in us that made him choose to be our friend. Indeed, quite the opposite. And if we think, if we know anything of our own hearts, we, we, we ought to be amazed uh, knowing us ourselves as we do and knowing that, that, that Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves, that yet still he would choose to be gracious, choose to be merciful, choose for us to be his friends. Surely we should be the same with those that we feel least uh, likely within our flesh uh, to have uh, as our friends, that we uh, should uh, choose to be friends even with those who may, for others, be uh, very unlovely and very unlikable, the last people that we would want uh, to have as friends. No, all these barriers ought to go within the Christian church uh, everyone ought to be valued. Everyone uh, ought to be welcomed. So there's the, the supernatural, not the, the, not the natural. Uh, that, 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 that is what uh, marks uh, true Christian friendship. But we think, finally, uh, on the last aspect, which is that it is eternal, not temporal. It is not just for time. We think about it, there, there are... Uh, we will have friends uh, who are not Christians. Uh, they may be people that we know at work, people we've known at school, people we've just known within the community, people within our families. Uh, and we may, we, we may be very good friends with them. But if they do not accept the Lord Jesus, then that friendship uh, will only be uh, for time. But those within the church, and this, of course, will, will include uh, many within our families, I guess in, in many cases, uh, but the church family, the family of the Lord Jesus Christ, is an eternal family. And indeed, it is the only eternal family. And that's when, where Jesus says here, uh, to bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, or fruit that will last. Well, what is, what is that about? Well, Craig was very helpfully saying last week that it is absolutely, it is the fruit of the Spirit, uh, that, that the true fruit will last, will last into all uh, eternity. 
but there is certainly an aspect as well that uh, the bearing fruit in terms of reproduction uh, uh, for the, uh, the disciples and indeed uh, for the church as a whole down through the ages uh, perpetuates itself uh, by in an amazing way um, as we share the gospel, as we share the Christian truth, uh, week in and week out, whether that be uh, within church, whether it be within family, whether it be within Sunday school, uh, all that work of sharing the Lord Jesus Christ uh, will bear fruit. It bears fruit that will last as people uh, become Christians uh, through our witness, uh, through our Christian lives. And indeed, in particular, you may think, well, I've, I've never led anyone to Christ. You know, is there going to be any fruit that I've borne? Well, uh, you may well be very pleasantly surprised on the last day that in, in, a, in an amazing way, your friendship, your love, uh, may well have been just the thing that ensured that uh, a struggling Christian didn't make shipwreck of their faith, but actually pressed on. Uh, they were maybe tempted just to walk away uh, from the Lord Jesus, but your love, your kindness, your compassion was the thing that actually brought them back from the precipice, so to speak, and ensured that they were going to carry on and uh, persevere to the end. There's much mystery within this, but I do believe there will be a whole host of amazing surprises that we will find on the last day, uh, that simply following what the Lord Jesus has exhorted us to do here, uh, in loving one another as he has loved us, there will be all sorts of fruit that will have come uh, from uh, taking the Lord Jesus' command seriously uh, and finding that that fruit uh, has, a, uh, has abided, has continued, has lasted into all eternity. Now, of course, we cannot do this on our own, and I, I couldn't leave uh, that last uh, point that the Lord Jesus makes. Uh, just to finish with this, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We cannot do this on our own. As, as uh, you were seeing last week, uh, without me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. And so as we seek to, to, to love one another, as we seek to uh, deal with often difficult relationships, this surely is what the Lord Jesus is uh, as we long to bear more and more of the fruit of the Spirit, as we long for our lives to count for eternity, this is what Jesus is, asked, is referring to where he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So if our focus is on his will and what he wants for us to be the loving Christians that he's created us to be, we know that we can go confidently to the Lord in prayer and ask him for the help, the supernatural help that we need in order that our lives and our ministry uh, will really count for eternity. These things I command you, says the Lord Jesus, so that you will love one another. Amen.